You are the reason why we came, Jesus. If there be any other intention, may you strip it right now in the name of Jesus. We came only because of you. We came only to encounter you, Lord. We came only to fellowship with your presence and to be seated at your throne this evening. Great are you, Lord Jesus. We have come to lift up your name. We have come to exalt your name. We have come to magnify your name. We have come to acknowledge you are God. Don't be quiet. Begin to exalt the name of the Lord. Begin to love on Jesus Christ, your Savior. You are the light of this world. We have hope in nothing else. We hope in no one else but you, O Lord. You are not a man. You can be depended on. You can be relied on. You are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You are the one that never changes. You're the one that never fails. You're the one that never disappoints us. Oh, blessed be your holy name, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Because we believe your word that says, if we are gathered in your name, you are here. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for the angels of God that are in this place to carry out your word and the unction of your presence. And lives will never be the same again. Begin to pray with your expectation. If you came waiting to encounter Jesus, begin to enlarge your heart. Begin to enlarge the camp of your heart. Begin to prepare yourself to receive answers, to move levels, to encounter the King of Kings, to encounter the Lord of Lords. Begin to picture your life different. Begin to picture yourself different. Begin to see yourself as one who the Lord has touched. As one who the Lord has visited. As one who has encountered Jesus. As a woman who has come face to face with her maker. My life will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, I step into my new level. My life will never be the same again. My life will never be the same again. Oh, blessed be your holy name, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for gathering us here today. Thank you because you are truly with us. We bless and honor your holy name. 
Lord, as we proceed, we proceed in your presence, in your spirit and by your leading in the name of Jesus. We thank you for a fruitful time. We thank you because our lives will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's move to the center. I think we can all sit on, on, on this row, the middle row. We allow our visitors as they come. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You came to When Women Pray, the second edition of When Women Pray. Amen. And Jesus said, today we must learn about how to encounter him. Praise the Lord. So as we do that, open up your heart. Be ready to hear. Amen. This one will be slightly different. The other one we prayed the whole time. This one I will share the word of God. Amen. Because I need to show you how to encounter Jesus. Then when you understand how to encounter him, from that place, we begin to climb in prayer. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. I truly, truly miss Rungai more than anything. Not because of the location, but because of the people. I truly, because of you. Amen. You know, God doesn't, I learned something interesting. is that God doesn't talk to you or interact with you outside of your calling. Amen. He doesn't. So if my excitements, if my passions, if my thrills are outside of the call, I'm, this rungai might as well have been a pile of sand. Amen. But it means so much because it is within my call. Amen. So then that means I center my life around my call. Because if that's how God is relating to me, then that's how I should relate with myself as well. Amen. That's the best manual for life, but that's not what we're talking about today. Praise the Lord. Just when we finish hearing the word of God, we're going to hear some testimonies from last time. Amen. And then we're going to pray. We're going to spend some time to pray. Praise the Lord. I'd like to acknowledge, without further ado, the presence of our man of God, Pastor Frank. Thank you so much, sir. Ah. Hey. Is that how you're appreciating your pastor? Amen. Thank you so much, sir. Please fix it for me. Uh, the sound, make it a bit more clearer. I don't know how you do that, but me, I need the clarity. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing us to meet and having us here and sharing this vision with us so that we can be part of it. We are so, so grateful. We love you. We honor you. We celebrate you. Higher Life Church is indeed blessed to have you. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. God bless you. Take out your notes. If you come for a prayer meeting waiting to be excited, ah, you, 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 are in the, you are in the right place. Amen. Uh, you will be excited, just not the way you expect the excitement to come. Praise the Lord. So this last week, we had gone for a training, my husband and I. And um, the training was for you. That's why I said God relates to me according to my purpose. And I relate to myself according to my purpose. Amen. So we went for a training to learn how to do this work better. Amen. We sat down under seasoned men of God who were teaching us how to do things. We're not talking about the training for 
and the Bible, there was the Bible. But it's the one you are being taught. Okay, when you are doing this, this is how you do it. This is where you go. These are the legal implications of certain things in the church. This is what it means to be a state uh, 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 officer and a church minister. What is the balance between being anointed and being uh, 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 administrative? You, those things were, they are important to learn. So we've learned those things. We've become more seasoned so that we carry out this work better, faster, easier. Amen. And for you as well, so that you're able to grow into maturity. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the goal. That's the end. The end goal is that we come, we all come to a maturity. Amen. So God was really good to us. Um, and and we learned a lot. We learned a lot. I'm sure Pastor will mention it uh, tomorrow and share more detail about it. Praise the Lord. But I wanted to share where I was, lest you wonder what happened. I was, I was in the presence of my father, being fed. Amen. All right. So uh, let's go to John chapter 4. An encounter with Jesus. Praise the Lord. How many of you have ever had an encounter with Jesus? Uh, the, the ladies, are we here? <laughs> is, is Sammy raising his hand? <laughs> I saw a place in the Bible. Ah, where is it? I should have written that verse. It says, and, and God was in Shiloh. Shiloh was a place. But me, when I was reading it, I was seeing you too. And Shiloh, and, and Samuel saw God in Shiloh. <laughs> I said, they are in church, sir. <laughs> they are serving God. Amen. You see, my heart is here. It will always be here. This is where I am planted. Amen. I remember when I used to serve Pastor Victor before I came here. I used to say, I am a seed sown on the altar of the church. I belong here. This is, my life is a seed sown. Not, not my money, not my time, not my energy. Me. Then my productions are seeds. Because me, myself, I'm a seed. Amen. All right, all right. So let's go to John chapter 4. We're going to learn about an encounter with Jesus. And who better to show us how to encounter Jesus than this woman of God who has no name <laughs> but has a whole chapter in the Bible dedicated to her. Amen. Oh, okay, this is KJV. I was wondering, what English be this? May I read from the message? Although it's important, we read from a version that will show us the breakdown. The breakdown, the breakdown. So I'll read from the NLT. Which version do we have? Are we able to project? We are? Yes, please, uh, give us NLT so we all flow together. We are not reading different versions. From verse 1. Uh, from verse 1, yes, let's start from verse 1. So we see where Jesus met her. Soon, a Samaritan woman, can we spend some time to pray? Can we just, just close your eyes and, and pray and speak in tongues if you can? Librando La rabasunte kede baso kapare sete araba aligo santia la mande de basuka ya tele bahaska ebrasi antaria tosa kaliba dos kete anda baradaraba le brasunta kayando do 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 bose ke baradarabo shandele de basu. Thank you, Spirit of God. 
Masede Baroskata. Amen. Mashada Brados. Hallelujah. So Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Imagine that's what they were doing. They were keeping a scoreboard of Jesus and John. When they hear for Jesus, one. They hear for John, one, one. They, so that's what they were doing. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So they said, just group them all together. Jesus is the head. Write him. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. Uh -huh. He had to go through Samaria. So we see why he's in Samaria on the way. Next verse. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar. Hiya, kuna mali, kuna itwa Saika. Isn't it true? In, in Roy. Guys of Roy would know me. Near the field that Jacob gave his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Alright, I'd like you to imagine with me as we read. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a what? A drink. Before we go any further, write this down. Write this down. I wrote it down personally. I didn't Google. If it is in Google, it is because Google copied me. But I wrote this down personally. The, the, write this down. It says an encounter is an experience. This is from some of the things that the Lord has has been showing me through my walk with him that an encounter is an experience with someone or something that changes how you view that changes how you view relate with and interact with the object or the subject of encounter it sounds like a lot of English. I say that again? Okay. An encounter is an experience with someone or something that changes how you view, relate with, and interact with the object or the subject of encounter. So the object or subject, object refers to something, subject refers to someone. So that's what we are defining at towards the end. And that's what an encounter is. It's basically an experience that changes how you see someone or something. That changes your approach, your relations with someone or something. That's what an encounter is. Encounters can be daily events made special through simple but impactful preparations. Write that down. Something else. And another statement I downloaded from the realm of the spirit. Amen. Encounters can be daily events made special but impactful through uh, simple preparation. Through preparation. No, don't write simple. Through preparation. Alright? Write this one down then we'll go back to the story. Today, everything we are reading is there. My notes end at these definitions. Encountering Jesus Encountering Jesus forms a great ground for the experience of salvation and its impact in your life. 
encountering Jesus forms a great ground for the experience of salvation and its impact in your life. So after all that, are we together? We're all together, yeah? Great. So after all that now, right? how to encounter Jesus. Now, this is the how. We are learning it straight from the master himself and from a woman of Samarita, Samaria. This Samaritan woman. She didn't have a name. Go back. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. Amen. I said, go back. I said, it is daily activities that carry the potential to become encounters. Praise the Lord. She came to do work. As far as she was concerned when she left the house, she's coming to fetch water and do what? Go back. She didn't know Jesus would be there. Next verse. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village where this woman is coming from to buy some food. Next verse. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you the living and would give you living water. Stay there. Stay in verse 10. Write this down. To encounter Jesus, you need to be aware of who he is. That's the first thing. You need to be aware. Through scriptures, aware. The reason why he said, if you only knew, it's because she had the capacity to know. Because Jesus had been talked about by the prophets. Jesus had been written about. Jesus had been prophesied about. If there was ever someone who had been talked about in the Bible, and during that time, because they were waiting for Messiah, it was Jesus. So she should have heard. Praise the Lord. So he said, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, the Bible says, if anyone is to come to God, they have to believe that first he is. It's in Hebrews. Let me look for it. If you find it first, let me know. Where is it? And he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You must believe. You must understand. You must, first of all, we hope that by the time all these things is happening, you are born again. Praise the Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Then you have a starting ground to know him, to understand him, to, to, to fellowship with him. Praise the Lord. There are no Bible results. Where is it? Have you found it? Sorry, yes. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Thank you. Amen. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, you want an encounter with him, must believe that God exists. This is not to come to him in salvation. It is to come to him, to approach the father in relation with him, to fellowship with him. Anybody who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. 
Praise the Lord. So number one, you must, you must be aware of who Jesus is. You must, that awareness in you will then create a hunger. Let's continue, then you'll see what I'm talking about. We are quickly, quickly going through it because I want us to spend time to pray. I do. We came to pray, amen. Uh, John, John chapter 4, I think we were still in verse 11 or 10. Anytime you want to encounter God, when you begin to, and encountering Jesus is not haphazard. Praise the Lord. I said it is daily activities that carry their potential. You know who determines whether they become an encounter or not? It's not Jesus, it's you. It is you. What do you want out of that situation? How are you carrying yourself so that you can encounter Jesus Christ in your day-to-day -day activities? Praise the Lord. So Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift, let's go to verse 11, we've read this. She said, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. She said, you see, she's missed everything Jesus has said before. She should have said, who are you? Isn't it? She should have said, what's the gift of God for me? She's still thinking it's about what? The water. She should have asked, what do you mean living water? Awareness. Awareness allows you to interact with the one you're about to encounter. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus said you should kneel down, you're not asking, but Lord, I don't have rent. You kneel because you understand the one that has told you to kneel carries what you need. He carries the living water for that situation. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. I like her. I like her innocence. Where would you get this living water? Oh, she asked. <laughs> but she's still thinking it's drinking water. And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Love her. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Praise the Lord. Please, sir. That, those verses are heavy. They carry a lot. They carry a lot, but today we'll proceed. Please, sir. The woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. You have to know what you want from God when you're coming to have an encounter with him. Write it down. Have a clear expectation. Number one is you're aware, I am coming to Jesus. Who is this Jesus I am coming to? What power does he carry? Who is he? What did he say? Who, what, what has he done in the arena of being Jesus that, that I should be aware of as I approach him today? Then you have a clear expectation. You have a clear expectation. You know, there was a gentleman. I was watching something online. <laughs> Just telling this story. And then he said that he wanted to see Jesus. He desired to see Jesus with his eyes. This one, the way I'm seeing you, he wanted to see Jesus like that. So he used to say, if I could just see Jesus, if I could just see Jesus, if I could just, for what? He had no idea. To what end? None. I did, no idea. None. For what purpose? 
I just want to see Jesus. I just want the experience. People say when they see Jesus, something happens to them. He didn't know what happened, what he wanted to happen to him. That's what an expectation is. An expectation is what you want to happen to you or what you want to receive from an encounter. That's what it simply is. It is where your faith is. What do you want your faith to put to, to work towards as you're encountering Jesus? So this man, one night he slept. A demon had been hearing him. He's saying, Jesus, eh? Okay. <laughs> you know, Satan, the, does the Bible say he is the angel of light or he acts, he masquerades as the angel of light? Yes. It is masquerading as the angel of light. So what makes you think his children don't have potential? They do. He showed up with white, but his white <laughs> had black at the bottom. <laughs> he can't finish it because it is too bright for them. Even the fake one is too bright. So he came. He said, I am he you have been looking for because he can't say I'm Jesus. If he says Jesus, finished. They have to send another one. <laughs> so he had to be very interesting. He said, he came at night through the wall. <laughs> This brother was like, finally, my goodness. So he, he prostrated. <laughs> Canality. Canality. He prostrated. He said, Jesus is in my room. Finally. Then he raised his eyes. He looked at him. He said, he started to see the black. I hope I'm getting this story right. He saw the black on the white. So he stood up. He said, are you truly Jesus? His, the demon said, yes, I am. Are you truly Jesus of Nazareth? Oh my goodness. He's, still, he's in shock, but he's excited. He's trying to gauge. Who is this guy? Okay. Then he asks, but, but why do you have stains on your, <laughs> on your robe? Your robe has stains. <laughs> the demon realized it has been found out. But eventually, unfortunately, they ended up uh, manipulating that desire because it had no attachment. So that desire was manipulated. The brother was possessed. They tortured him and tormented his life. He was set free eventually. But he said that's where it started. A desire for the supernatural without a clear expectation. Very dangerous. Extremely dangerous. Remember, we are spirit beings. So anytime you, you desire something as a spirit, in the spirit realm, there's a signal. This man desireth this. Amen. If you desire towards God, that's what the Bible says. And when desire has conceived, let me look for it. Even that one, I am looking for it. But Pastor Leon can tell us, or his wife. No, Christine, tell us where it is. After, after desire has, con after lust has, is it desire that conceives then produces lust? Then lust conceives and produces sin, then sin conceives and produces death. So in the realm of darkness, that is the heading of desire. If your desire is wrong, it is headed towards death. And you can see through the story I've just shared with you. His desire was wrong. It was, it was a genuine desire, but unscriptural. Where does the Bible say you should look for Jesus to see him physically? So much so that you can't sleep. Every night you are saying, Lord, if I just close my eyes, I open like this, I see you. Oh, my salvation will change. <laughs> my whole life will change. Men have seen God and killed people. Yes, sir. James 1.13. Thank you, sir. We were still looking. <laughs> Let's go there. James 1.13. Are we there? Then we'll go back to John 4.16. Sheila, keep a, keep a note on that. James 1. Oh, don't move. Let me go. James 1.13. 
Give someone the microphone to read for us. James 1.13, if you're there. Oh, Lady Basuntara Katarabahaya. James chapter 1, verse 13. Uh-huh. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Mm-hmm. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted, neither tempted he any man. 14. But every man is tempted is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed and enticed. Amen. Amen. Then verse 15, sorry, continue. Then when lust has convinced, uh-huh. it bringeth forth sin uh-huh. and sin. When it is finished, bringeth forth death. Amen. So the Bible says in verse 16, so do not be misled. Meaning there is a capacity to be misled. There is room for misleading. If your desire is wrong, the Bible says in the NLT, stay there, stay there. In the NLT it says, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Then 16 says, so do not be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. It tells you whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming to you from God. Praise the Lord. So then it means you align your desires with this good and perfect gifter who is God. So that you don't have anything that can be misled. Anything that can be destroyed can be used against you to mislead you. Well, hey, let me tell you, brethren. You are moving with the speed of God. Take us back to the Bible. Hey, I like that one. Please send me those photos now. Thank you. We are recording. <laughs> the Bible says, uh, um, then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. So we said that you set a clear expectation. Look at what Jesus goes into. He said he'll give her water, eh? He'll give her water. Where is it? Here. She said, Jesus said, go and get your husband. Amen. At this point, a woman in 2022 would have been offended. You can't talk to me like that. Excuse, who are you? <laughs> this one was not offended. <laughs> Amen. She said, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. Next. For you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke what? The truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. She is beginning to see the water. She is beginning to see the water. Write this down. The Spirit of God is telling me, you make war with prophecies so that in the place of encounter, you have something to come to God with. You don't come to God with what he has not said. Oh, I wish you picked that because I said it the way I'm hearing it. You must make war with prophecies so that when you come to the place of encounter, there is substance in you. There is something about you that requires, that demands an encounter with Jesus. They must be in your mind at the forefront because of how much you have engaged with them. Amen. 
because of how much you have engaged with them. Praise the Lord. Peter was told, Paul, uh, sorry, Timothy was told by Paul in verse 6 of 2 Timothy chapter 1 that this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Amen. You must keep fanning it. Keep fanning it. Keep fanning it. There is a gift of, on the inside of you. This means this is not on the day of encounter. You don't seek encounters to replace what should be a daily practice. Write that down. Encounters do not replace what should be a daily practice. If you're not praying, you're not worshipping God, you're not studying the word of God, an encounter will not change that. That's why I've said there are men who have encountered Jesus and have remained the same. Because they don't have a daily practice that creates principle for them. That allows them to function in the principles of Jesus. Because Jesus will never deny his principles to give you an experience. He won't. He won't. He won't. He is the word of God. He does not do anything that is not here. You must have content. When you're coming for an encounter, that's what we've said. That making war is giving you content. Is giving your spirit man some meat. Something to chew as you're in the place of encounter. So that you're not caught to and fro saying, Lord, show me an angel. Show me the demons in this place, Lord. Lord, just open my eyes. I want to see one. Just one. So I can deal with it. You deal with it. And the madman, when you're passing him, you start going sideways. Because you don't know what he will do to you. You want to see it with your eyes. You see it in a madman. You don't handle it. I'm not saying you approach madmen. Please, don't get me wrong. Don't enter trouble. <laughs> Amen. You must have content. Content. Prophecies are content. The word of God is the most sure prophecy. That's what Peter said. He said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy. This word. This word. If you want to see, you know why that demon had the capacity, the permission to come and present itself as Jesus? is because this man was functioning outside of scripture. His lusts enticed him. Just come. You can see Jesus. It's okay. It can happen. It can happen. It can happen. By the time he was being saved, he was so far gone. So far. Enticed by his own lusts. Pastor said, you do something long enough, a spirit will back you up. The spirit of that thing will back you up. You pray long enough, the spirit of God will back you up. You fellowship, you worship long enough, the spirit of truth will begin to be what you function by. Because we worship in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. So tell me, this woman is now, show us the previous verse so that I understand where we are. Okay, you must be a prophet, amen. Jesus was unmoved. <laughs> so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? While we Samaritans claim, you see, the husband issue has been left. She has said, I don't have a husband. Jesus has told her how many she had and even the one in the house. Also, what was that man doing in the house? Let's continue. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? 
while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped, verse 21. Jesus begins, now she's entered her place of encounter. She didn't need what Jesus was saying before. This is what she came for. Praise the Lord. This is why Jesus came to her. This was what she needed. Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship. You remember what we said about being aware? Jesus is saying it again. You're not aware. You don't know. Even with hearsay, you don't know. Knowing about God and knowing God are two different things. Why do you say he's faithful? Do you know about his faithfulness or do you know his faithfulness? Why do you say he's good? Is it always because he does something good? What if he doesn't do something in your life? Is he still good? In your season of process, is he still good? When he's waiting for you to be developed, for your capacity to be grown, for you to increase your space, to handle and accommodate what he wants to give you, is he still good? So do you know about God or do you know God? That's why encounters are scarce. Because men want encounters with a God they have heard about. You won't. That's why the sons of Sceva, they were scattered. Scattered. Whipped. By a demon. They are not even seeing who is whipping them. They ran out of a house naked. There were seven. The seven sons of Sceva. Seven men were whipped. And ran. What? You have you ever seen seven men in one house? Seven. And they are being whipped. And they can't open the door. Who also removed their clothes if it wasn't them? Because they were fronting a Jesus they didn't know. They had heard of him. The demons said that Jesus, this, the Jesus for Paul we know. This one you are talking about, eh? save it. Let me show you. Let me show you. So make sure you know God for yourself. That place of awareness. That's why it's the first thing. It's so important. It could take forever. But once you have, let me tell you, when you encounter Jesus, however few, however many times there are special encounters, your life changes forever. That's why the preparation for it always has to be deep. Deep. So that you can sustain what he gives you when he meets you. So that you can have the capacity to die. Jesus does not meet you for you. Never. Never. He won't. So in the place of being aware of who he is, he streamlines your desires. He removes that selfishness. He removes that intentional, that motive for self. That drive to prove. That, that desire to want to be known. That desire to want to say, I know Jesus. He removes it. By the time you're encountering Jesus, you don't even want to talk to someone about it. It's too special. You have paid the price for it. You have borne it with a cost. You are carrying it like a child. How many of you give a child to a madman? You enter the supermarket. You say, Nishikia hui mtoto, mina ingia super. How many of you? That, that's how people who don't know who Jesus is treat encounters. 
You know, I was praying. I saw an angel. Let me tell you, Shilo, you've not seen an angel. It was like this, like this, tall, in the air, in the air. Me, I lay flat on the ground. You didn't. You were acting. You were acting. <laughs> you, were, you had time to remember everything you did when you saw the angel of God. You had time. You're special. You are born of God. Let me speak the word over your life. You truly are. It's so special, so dear, so personal, so immaculate. You want to keep it. But the results of it you can't keep. You will want to talk about Jesus. You will want to tell someone something that will give their lives hope. Encounters change your life. Amen. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him. For salvation comes through the Jews. Next verse. But the time is coming, and indeed it is here now. This verse was said to a woman. Praise the Lord. from that statement. But isn't it interesting that the first person Jesus taught true worship, what it is, was a woman. A woman with faults. Proper. A woman who was hiding. Who? How many of you have lived in the village? Me, I have. I have. And Ushago's son is overhead proper. It is overhead here. Have you ever seen someone going to the river at that time? You, you've seen. Ah, people go at midnight, at midday. Your people are blessed. As when we lived in Ushago, my mom used to fetch water in the morning. When it's cold, cool. And she has the energy to go and come back. And go and come back. This woman is coming at midday because of her husband's stories. They know. And you know other women used to gather also in the well. So she knows when she comes, when they are there, they will sneer. They'll be like, Tch. they'll look at her. They will say, Na sasa gani. She would just be, and she just came for water. They would have spoiled her, her. So she knew her guilt was keeping her away until midday. Midday they're in the house. And you know where we are talking about location-wise. This place is very dry. Samaria, if you look at it right now, just Google current location of Samaria. Dry. That's why I'm saying these people couldn't come for water at midday. Also, the water they are coming for. Okay, maybe because it's a well, it would still have been cool. But it's cooler in the morning. More fresh. Amen. So, but the time is coming indeed. Jesus spoke about true worship to a woman. Praise the Lord. You know, Tanya's mom was speaking to us and she said, Women hear specially from God. They are we are very, I don't know why we are talking about ourselves in third person. We are very sensitive. Very sensitive. If you are sensitive to the right things, you will move forward fast. Forward fast. That's why you culture yourself. You remember what we talked about, the mind, if you were here on Sunday? That you culture your mind so that your attitudes and your actions begin to draw you towards what God thinks of you. When you culture yourself that way, you begin to be sensitive to God more. When you're sensitive to God more, you enter true worship. When you enter true worship, you enter the realm called the way, the truth, and the life. That's where you exist. 
praise the Lord. So when true worshippers will worship in the, fa the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. Next verse. For God is spirit. It was said to a woman in the well. Two people. Jesus and this woman. God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Next verse. The woman said, I know worship, 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 worship. Worship, write it down. Worship is a tool that allows you to encounter the Lord. Worship prepares you to encounter Jesus. And that is true worship. True genuine worship from the heart. It enables you to encounter Jesus. I'm not talking about putting songs on. I'm talking about being sensitive enough to know when you are the song. You lift up your hands. You say, Lord, you are good. Lord, you are kind. You are awesome. You are worthy. You create songs for him. You sing in tongues and you sing in the understanding. You sing a new song and you sing a song you know. But you're doing it from your spirit, not from here. You have, because you remember, we are coming from a place of awareness. You know who you're worshipping. We come now to the place where you're not worshipping because of what you're about to get. You're worshipping because of who you're worshipping. Who you're worshipping. That's why I usually say, and I will keep repeating this. The fact that people stop singing when they don't know a song means they're singing the song. They're not worshipping God. It should never be quiet because you don't know a song. Ever. Your worship is the lifting up of your hands. It is the focus on Jesus. It is the adoration on him. You don't know the song, but you're hearing words like holy, hallelujah. Why can't you join in and lift up your hands and begin to repeat what you're hearing? It stops becoming about the song. You begin to worship in spirit and in truth. Truth is Jesus Christ. And he is the word of God. So as you're lifting up your, your hand, you don't know that song. Truth is coming out of you. Lord, you are holy. Lord, you never fail. You have never changed. You are worshiping. Until the song enters your system, you are already in that place of worship. It's a state. It is not a song. Praise the Lord. So she said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ. Jesus has pulled her until she has come to the place where now they are in fellowship. Oh, Lagabarade. The Bible says, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, you will have fellowship one with another. So Jesus brought her to the place where she could walk with him now. Then she began to have revelation of who he is. Because in the beginning, she's asking him, what is this living water? You, you're a Jew. You, she's very natural. First of all, he has given her a prophetic utterance. Then he has told her a few other realities that she has never had with anyone. Praise the Lord. Then now she says she knows who he is. When he comes, anyway, Jesus had to say who he is. She was still thinking it's not him. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Move forward. The, the importance of awareness. Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Hallelujah. Jesus, just then, his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. 
But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? Or why are you talking to her? Verse 28. The woman left her water jar. After the encounter, you cannot be quiet. Not about the encounter, but about who you have encountered. Write that down. After an encounter, you cannot be quiet about who you have encountered. If you are still telling stories about the encounter, you did not encounter the one you should have encountered. You encountered yourself and your desires. They were fulfilled. So now you are telling about yourself. You know I met Jesus. I met, I have seen him personally in my eyes. That's not what people want to hear. People want as your words are coming out because you encountered his love. They are crying because they, they feel like God is enveloping them as you speak. That's the result of encounter. This is the result of encounter. That when you encounter Jesus, what you intentionally came to do becomes the secondary thing. He becomes the priority in your life. She left her water jar. She came for water. She left the water. She had gotten living water. She ran back to the place she had come from. Telling everyone, go to the next verse. Look at what she's saying. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Did Jesus tell her everything? Didn't he just tell her she had five husbands? Is that everything about her? Didn't he tell her about worship? Is that everything about her? When you encounter Jesus in one dimension, you encounter him for everything about your life. Everything. Everything changes. Nothing remains the same. Because the maker of the universe is involved in it. The fabrics of that thing begin to change. To conform to Jesus. Praise the Lord. She said, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly, this is evangelism. Could he possibly be the Messiah? When you encounter Jesus, we won't tell you twice. Go and win souls. You will want to win a soul. You will be walking. Jesus will set up that one. You tap her. You say, I am so and so. I am born again. I love Jesus. I just wanted to tell him about, to tell you about him. As you do it, Jesus will begin to tell you what to tell her. He knows every man. He knows every man. He just needs willing people. The harvest is plenteous. The laborers are few. The Lord of the harvest is ready to work with harvesters. But harvesters have not yielded themselves to the Lord of the harvest. They have yielded themselves to experiences and, and, and transactions with God. Transactions with God. You just want to get, take. You get, you take. You have nothing you offer. So the people came streaming from the village to see him. A whole village, a whole village was brought by one woman who had an encounter with Jesus. Your colleagues are waiting for you to say Jesus is Lord. They ask you, eh, you believe him? I have a few questions. Your friend is waiting for you to lay hands on their body when they tell you they are sick. They say, eh, si kujua this strong in faith? How uko strong? You are just doing the word. Uko strong? Anyway, you are strong because you are doing the word. Praise the Lord. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus to eat. These disciples, they are blessed. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Your purpose is clarified when you encounter Jesus. Purpose is clarified. 
you know, I was thinking today when I was preparing myself, there are so many events, so many events happening today. So many. You could have been in them. I could have been in them. I could have cancelled this to go for a concert here, a women's meeting somewhere, a, a conference, a prophetic something, a, a, a something, anything. There are so many meetings ordained by God. So it matters to know where you should be at a, at a time. It does. I didn't cancel it because I didn't set the date. I didn't. My master set the date. I have encountered him as master. I know. I don't change his schedule. He changes mine. Someone said, we don't make time for God. God is our time. Encounters. Encounters, they clarify your purpose. Write this down. They also deepen your convictions. See his disciples. Even them, they should have encountered Jesus this day. Amen. They should have received one or two words. Even them, they go around somewhere, they call people. Because they're asking, did someone bring you food while we are gone? They are not hearing in the spirit. Zile out of zone. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Praise the Lord. This is the same chapter that talks about the harvest is ready, the laborers are a few. It's the same chapter, right? I think it's the same chapter. It goes on and on and on. Go to the next verse. It goes on and on and on. But you've seen from, from the Samaritans, uh, 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 the woman of Samaria, her life, that when you encounter Jesus, you cannot remain the same. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. So you see how encounters are not simple things. They are not things to want because you want. They are not, and they are not experiences you should just have because you are a Christian or because you speak in tongues. Uh -huh. What else? Why should God invest in an, in an encounter? What will you do with it? What is your awareness of him that will cause him to meet you, that will cause you to have that encounter? What is it? Jesus is more than willing to do this. More than willing to give you encounters. Experiences with him that transform how you think. But if you can't be faithful with a simple encounter of praying every day and worshipping him and enjoying his presence whether you feel it or not, you are not worthy of feeling it when it is supposed to be felt. Because when you feel it, you become sensationalized. You become a sensual Christian. If you not feel the presence of God, you, it is not there. If you're not crying during worship, they didn't worship in the spirit. If the word of God didn't, people didn't jump and shout. It is not the true word of God. The pastor was not in the spirit today. When? Where? Junior God, where? Because that's what you're acting like, isn't it? It is true. If someone says something like that, you understand then they have not known Jesus. They haven't. They haven't. And you encounter him first before you ever seek to encounter him in your place of worship, in your place of prayer. You encounter him in the place of his word. His word is him. As you study the word, you allow your mind to travel with your spirit. You go with it. The Bible says that he was at the well with the woman. You take your mind there so that it can give you an encounter like she had. 
then the words of God begin to come alive. They begin to receive life in you. You begin to remember, I have food that drives me more than the food I eat. God has called me. God has deposited something on the inside of me that will cause me to change my world. That is an encounter. It is when you're lifting up your hands or when, the, when a song is being sung and you want to lay flat because you, you, you understand the marvel of this our God, the beauty of his majesty, the splendor of his glory. You understand it. Who is man to stand in front of God? You understand it. So you lay flat. Praise the Lord. That is an encounter. It is an encounter. Praise the Lord. That's why we sing casting crowns, lifting hands, bowing hearts is all we've come to do. Adonai, 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 you reign on high. We will rise in your understand when you come to him you believe who he is you know who he is so you cast everything your desires your intentions your thoughts your fears your failures anything you have had you are your encounters become secondary you enter in the place where your lord is the only encounter you want to have it's very easy to have encounters with jesus very easy if you understand with him it is not about what he's giving you it's about who he is so you can come to the place of casting your crowns and lifting your hands the choir doesn't have to say raise your hands and worship God they were raised the moment you stood up because you know who he is encounters with Jesus they seem ordinary but they are not and today I pray that it that today when you live here, you will live having encountered Jesus. You've already encountered him through the word. You've already met him as we have read about him right now. So I want you to meet him personally. From the place of your heart, you meet him. Begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Allow your mind to see him as who you know him. If you know him as faithful, begin to see him as faithful. That since you were young till now, he has never left you. If you know him as a healer, begin to see him as a healer.